0: Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnout? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed? Or
1: maybe it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up, then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations.
0: Welcome to today's Control the Chaos Conversations. This morning, or whenever you're listening, we are going to be talking about how to create an effective morning routine, which hopefully you are listening in the morning, because I think sometimes listening to podcasts right in the morning can just get your day started off right. But before we do that, we have a guest. Um, And this guest, I don't even know how long I've known him, Um, but we finally just met in person. I mean, I, I think we've known each other for at least five years right like on twitter i feel like um and like through just different people and connecting online and virtually and then we went to the teach better conference which was still an amazing conference when you're talking about a conference months later that's a good conference right like you're not just like letting it go like we're still talking about the things that we learn the things that we learn from people that we connected with and When it comes to Eric Geis, um, he is just too nice. Like (laughs) he asked me to do a SmackDown with him and he just killed me with kindness. And I'm, like, not that type of person that, like, thinks that way. Like, I'm going to just destroy you. And Eric's just (laughs) like, oh, yeah, Stephanie is, like, the best. And she does all this stuff. And I'm like, Eric, you suck. Um, So I feel like that strategy did not work. And so as I'm watching Eric just build people up around me, um, and as he's at the conference talking to different people and, like, letting them know how amazing they are, and here I am destroying people's confidence because I'm like, no, I'm the best. Like I, I really took that to heart this past Teach Better conference. But that that is Eric. He's always uplifting you. Um, so if you're ever having a bad day, you need to just talk to Eric because he will tell you 20 things that you do great um, and you will forget all the rest of the things that you do terrible at. Um, so I appreciated that about Eric. Also, he just celebrated a birthday. <laughs> um, and so if you are not following him on social media, His partner in crime, Nick, or Best Nick, went in and uh, created some fun scenes about Eric, I guess, and put his photo on things and um, made him feel like an old guy. So, Eric, I just want you to know that I really do appreciate you and I appreciate how you build people up even in the middle of a smackdown. You never said anything negative about me, even though I said so many negative things about you. Um, but that, that's how you win. That's how you win people over, I think, is just with your charming, kind personality.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's really charming or kind. I just, uh, you know, being an athlete all my life, uh, especially being a pitcher, uh, I learned to tune things out. And if you let <laughs> other people get the best of you, they're winning at the beginning so as much as you think i didn't respond to your bashing of me and and my ed tech uh, skills i guess uh you know i really use my athletic mindset to come in and and do that but one thing i definitely have learned over the years is if you want to get the best out of people you, you gotta let them know that what they're sharing is valuable and uh I mean, you don't, I don't need to tell you that. I don't need to tell Tara that. You guys have a book. You, you do a lot of awesome stuff. But, you know, that's just my mindset. That's how I try to do things, especially in the professional world. Uh, I try to get the best out of people because if they're doing their best, then I probably will be feeding off of their energy and, and, and doing my best as well. So that's just kind of how I think about things.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good mindset to have. And so one day, I don't—I think it was like the first day of the conference, um, we were down at Starbucks and Eric just happened to follow us. Um, everywhere we went at this conference, he was just following us around. Um,
1: and so- In all fairness, he was like leading podcasts and we were giving. He wasn't like following us for no reason, right? Yeah, that's
0: He was
1: recording and we were giving little tidbits which was fun. Um, Yeah. So this was actually the first time I got to meet Eric and I was like, Eric who? And then by the time I left after two days, I was like, Eric, like, I can't wait to do another conference with you. It just, you just have that energy about you that attracts people and you know the conversation that that we had are like oh I can't wait to share that oh yeah I can't wait to share that idea so it was very exciting to meet you and be a part of Teach Better I can't wait to like get to a new and of course I do have to add that we have some commonalities being from the east coast so that there was a connection there so um,
2: I felt like you were my anger translator when it came to Stephanie but, uh, I would say something, and then you would be like, He's really saying this, Steph. So take that. <laughs> and I, I appreciated that. That was good. We had a lot of fun. I mean, Steph became Edu Besties with Phil, Phil Strunk. And uh, I felt like Tara and I became Edu Besties, which was part of my strategy, too, because I know it bothered Stephanie during the throwdown, you know
1: yeah and he would oh, yeah. be like your your friend is really good i'd be you know your friend is really good she knows her stuff still like saying all those positive things to me too
2: it's, it's yeah i don't all even want really to talk
0: about phil though because he didn't even vote for me during the smackdown and he attended tara at least wasn't there <laughs> well
2: phil and i sat down for a lunch <laughs> and uh you know we, we had a good conversation i feel like that conversation really you know, brought him and I together. So, yeah, you know, it's over. It was over bread, You know.
1: Yeah.
2: It was we over We talked about
1: that too. I think we like that was one of the bits. Like we became family, freaking bread together. We did become yeah. family.
2: It, it's a, yeah. it's amazing how close you get to people at these types of events, especially if they're ran the way that that conference was ran. I mean, mm-hmm. the the importance of social networking at conferences is. is, is definitely there and they definitely, you know, amplified that. So that was awesome.
0: Yeah. So when we, um, went into the conference, it was like the first day of the conference, we went down and there was a Starbucks and we just started sitting and just chatting with each other. And what we learned really quickly about Eric is he had like a morning routine. Um, but his morning routine wasn't just like everybody's like, Tara has coffee every morning. You know, I get up and I um, listen to podcasts every single morning when I am my morning routine. So Eric had um, just some insightful things about his morning routine that we had to make a choice for because he does so many different things for him. Um, And so he's going to share about his morning routine and what it kind of looks like, because I do believe that if... You have a morning routine, your day's going to go a lot smoother. Not only just in your classroom with kids, like having a set, structured morning routine with them, but also as an adult. And I've learned too, like if I don't make my bed, my day is is ruined. I am um, mean, and I am just a hot mess. Like every, and you could probably be like, Stephanie, you didn't make your bed today, and I'm like, no, but in it, and that's just part of my routine right? And I know that's simple and crazy. Um, but Eric, what is some of the things that you do for your morning routine?
2: Well, first off, you and I aren't that different, because I am very calculated. My routine is very calculated. It's, it's organized. It's probably the most organized thing in my day. Uh, if you ever l- listen to Nick and my podcast, that Tech, the podcast, you would know that he always tells me how much of a disorganized mess I am and how much of a need freak he is. And how organized he is so this is probably the only thing in my life that is completely organized but i wake up just like everyone else i put on my pants take my shower brush my teeth all that but i want to start my day off with some type of self-improvement or reflection or both so the first thing i'll do is for the week you know i don't have a set schedule when it comes to monday's podcast tuesdays this and so on and so forth i just uh pulled together a whole bunch of resources throughout the week and I have this big giant collection and then uh, when I wake up I, I'm like oh, you know what today feels like a podcast so I go over to my podcast player and I play the next episode there and what I did is uh, over a long period of time I started getting recommendations from Brian Carpenter his uh, Fresh Air at Five podcast and I started bringing those in. And then some are connections, like Steph and I knew each other from Twitters, from throwdowns, things like that. I found out that she had a podcast. So I started listening to that. And then I talked to somebody during a professional development. They had a podcast. I bring that in. And then I kept kept like this little uh, educational podcast journal, which I turned into a blog post, which I'll put into the I'll give to you to put into the the show notes, but there's like forty five different podcasts every year. I update it, so I have a new collection. I'll update it in June, uh, but it's a bunch of podcasts that I get value in that I want to share with everybody. So it might be a podcast day. The next day might be a TED talk, and you know some of the TED talks or TEDx talks, whatever it may be, uh, they could be some of the most popular ones, like Sir Ken Robinson how schools kill creativity. If you know anything about me, creativity is what I, what I am focused on in schools. So it might be a Ted talk. Do you want me to keep going here? Just, just go through these five or you I, want have to a
1: go- I have a question. So yeah. you're, ta- as you're talking about your podcast and your Ted talk, do they, always revolve around education, or do you do just other general self-improvement stuff?
2: Uh, for the podcast, they're typically within the educational field. However, I will venture out into business and public speaking and professional, you know, knick-knack niches uh, that might be useful to me as an educator. Like, I, I wish i would have one of the first podcast episodes i listened to is how teachers are like actors and actresses like every day we get to pick out what persona what personality we're going to have at the beginning in class and you could be a stand-up comedian you could be a serious person you could be someone that's going doing a monologue that is the most sad sappy thing in the world whatever you know that's going to connect with your students uh that's what that podcast was all about. It was not an educational podcast, but that was my reflection. A teacher is a lot like an actor or an actress. Um getting to be up in front of everyone. Uh getting to lead and you know whether you want to lead as a a listener. I I like to try to be a teacher that listens uh 80% of the time and guides 20% of the time. It's hard. It's not easy, but uh that's, that's my main goal, because a lot of times students, when they talk, they can improve themselves just from hearing themselves talk a little bit. And then by you listening, you can kind of guide them in the right direction.
1: So do you plan for that then? Like intentionally plan to get that 80-20 mix?
2: Uh, like I said, it's it's tough. It's kind of something that you have to work work towards. I always use the term chasing the unicorn. That's like me chasing the unicorn there. I I never get to 80%. Uh, it's just uh, I get so involved in what they're saying that I want to contribute. And I have to sometimes give myself a slap in the face. Let me know to just be quiet and listen. So it's tough, but you can get there with uh, work at it for sure. So yeah, I mean, Ken Robinson is a good uh, TED Talk. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, uh, I listened to one recently. Amy Cuddy, uh, "Your Body Language Shapes Who You Are," uh, and and when you think about these, it's so true. And this is the reflection piece that I was talking about. I mean, just look at the title there. Your body language shapes who you are. Like if you were someone that slouches and and you're like in the corner and your arms are crossed and everything that says something about you that, that that shows students that maybe you're not the most personal person in the morning. And by the afternoon, you know, maybe you got your three cups of coffee in and you're smiley happy and you made, you went home and made your bed and came back to work and you're, you know, things are all good. Well, it says a lot. Well, hopefully if that's
1: happening, then I have you in the afternoon if you were on my schedule. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, well, I... I-, I- I 100% agree with that, like in retrospect. So I I teach uh, crisis intervention and we talk about people see your body language before they hear your voice, right? So if you, if your body language and we all know what we do, we, what assuming does, right? But you can assume a lot about a person and their body language. And we can read that body language, not just from ourselves, but from what our students, when our students come in the morning, sometimes we're able to see how their day is going before they even say a word because of their body language. So it's not just about recognizing our own body language, but then observing that body language in others, because then we can learn about, we might need to say hello or greet a student a little bit differently based on the way they're walking down the hallway, you know, um, are they normally a social kid walking down the hallway and hanging out with their friends as they enter the building, or are they coming in and their body language you can see on their face, they, They're not smiling. Maybe they're not talking. Maybe they're slouched, like you said. And now that may change the way we greet that student in the morning, just looking at the way their body language. So it's kind of like a twofold. Right. Recognizing our own body language, thinking about it in that terms. um, And what what are we putting off to our kiddos? But then additionally, um, what is our body language? What are our students body languages telling telling us? So I love that. I'm going to have to go and listen to that one for sure. Great recommendation. I'm excited.
2: I mean, when you think about it, if you, Nick and I co-teach a podcasting course, and, you know, one of the first lessons that we do is we say, okay, either go with me or go with Nick. We're going to show you the audio recording uh, stuff that we have. We're going to show you the equipment, some techniques and stuff. And we just let them divide themselves. I usually have three people and he has the rest. And why is that? Well, I'm six foot, broad shouldered, you know, bigger guy, look like a silverback gorilla. And and he looks like the young high school student that, you know, is ready to just uh, have fun and chill on a surfboard. So what I have to do now is I, I picked up on that. So I do like a little dance at the beginning or I make myself look a fool. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I get a couple more to my side, which is nice. But you know, I do have that personality, which brings me into like the next TED talk, which is uh, Susan Cain's The Power of Introverts. I always thought I was an extrovert. And, you know, I really am probably the, I don't know, the extroverted introvert. That's probably what I would classify myself, I have to be around people who I know who I like, who I can relate to that I know I could relate to maybe someone that knew me even through someone else and I'd be comfortable, you know, but sometimes I have to work to get to that level. And I think I alluded to that to both of you, one of the first nights at the conference that, yeah, there's like 150 people in this room, there's all these loud noises, I need to go outside. And, you know, we went outside and hung out and I felt a lot better out there. But by the end of the conference, I didn't care who I was behind or who I was around. Uh, I felt like I've I've seen everybody, the noise didn't bother me as much. I mean, maybe that's just me turning 40. I don't know. Maybe that's just the oldness <laughs> in me. But, but uh, you know, that's kind of where I was. Maybe it's just because we taught from our basement for a year and a half, and that's what I turned into. I don't know. But regardless, I had to work myself through some situations that I, you know, I didn't feel 100% comfortable with. And I love doing that because I feel like I can learn from that. But that's what all these TED Talks are about, is taking something that may not relate to your everyday skill set or whatever, and just have you think a little differently about it or see how you can use what they say and apply it to teaching, even though they're a business person or, you know, they're a guy from the circus that performed as a clown for 70 years. Well, guess what? As a teacher, we could use some of that funniness some of that humor to get the kids to get them on your side so we're you know sharing something so yeah so podcast ted talks the next one kind of goes with it and that's listening to presentations and tutorials things like that uh if you have not checked out rick uh wormelli uh his youtube videos which i'll also link uh they're amazing i mean t- some of the stuff that he talked about seven ten years ago we're just now catching up to like the grading systems. I agree with him on his grading systems and the homework policies and things like that. He's been talking about that since 2005 and now all of a sudden we are adopting this stuff. So, and he's very animated and he's, he's, you know, really good. Uh, And another one just since the conference is CJ Reynolds. We met him at the conference and, you know, he's actually 35, 40 minutes away from me. Uh, CJ is pretty awesome, He uh, his videos are unique, people like them, and I see why, because he, you know, I think I relate to him because we weren't the traditional student, we needed a little extra X factor in there to keep us interested, and he's really bringing that to light, and he's showing how students thrive with that X factor in his class, so presentations, tutorials, just thinking a little different, and then you reflect so that's my third one uh my next two are are well my next one is read a chapter Uh, so i've been getting a lot of educational books and some of them are not educational books but i try to take something away from each book sometimes it's more than one something some sometimes it's a lot of somethings uh some of these books are like uh aspire to lead by josh stamper Uh, The Lazy Genius Way, I thought that, uh, you know, I could relate to Lazy Genius. I mean, I like the way that sounds. Uh, So I read that one I picked up some productivity uh, tips there. Uh, Edgy Duct Tape, just because I really like Jake Miller's podcast. So I wanted to hear what that book had to say. Uh, One that's not really educational, but it is, is A Walk in the Woods. But I've read the book, but I just listened to the book on tape. Uh, The book on tape is amazing. It teaches you about the Appalachian Trail, but there's also a storyline in there where two guys are walking the Appalachian Trail that have no business walking the Appalachian Trail. One guy is not in any shape whatsoever, and the other guy just wanted to do it by himself but wanted to take somebody with him. But there's a lot of different aha moments in that. Another book, Positive Mindset Habits for Teachers Shifting the Balance. I'm reading yours, uh, Control the Chaos. I told you before we came on here that I just listened to or uh, I just read chapter seven, which was really you writing about my son, uh, my middle son. Uh, It was pretty awesome. It's just that uh, some teachers need to take a step back and try to figure out why kids are acting a certain way is it because they're really being defiant or that there's a disconnect there and they just don't understand the directions and i think you both put that into perspective and you know really describe my son through and through in that chapter
1: i i gotta tell you so leading off of like thinking about teachers like trying to determine you know defiance or not defiance i had this like aha moment um with another coach the other day i was in the hallway and um the student had engaged in some behavior that was not school appropriate and you know i was listening to the to the teacher say you know i'm really sad you really made me feel disappointed um and i I like felt this like shiver in my body. I was like, no, we did not just say that to our kid. Because I thought to myself, so if we have a student that is struggling with reading or has a reading goal or has a reading deficit, do we say to them, "Um, I really am disappointed that you can't read this passage, right? We don't say that to our kids that struggle with reading We don't say i'm really disappointed in you and you're making me sad you can't read this so when we get to the bottom of what the deficit is if there is a deficit and we've determined it's not because they're being defiant it is some kind of underlying deficit that they need support with they're already dealing with a deficit let's not shame them right so i love that you brought that up like that we talk about that in our book, because I think for us as parents, as educators, when we really think about, you know, using that positive language with someone, but making sure that we are supporting the skill deficits instead of shaming them for the the skill deficit, right? Because I don't know about you, but I have said to my own kids before, like, I'm really disappointed in the, in the choice that you made, where I could have said... You know how can I help you better next time to make a better decision, or what strategy do you think we could use to calm down? Versus, I'm really disappointed in your actions when I know that they were already struggling. So you know, thinking about keeping that in in your mindsets and putting it in your toolbox, like just the, that small shift in words, because we know that a kid with struggling in math, a kid struggling in reading or whatever it is, we would never say to them, I'm really disappointed in you because you can't do that. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Uh, Me, that's the build-up approach that I would take. All right, you read all these words extremely well. You, you You nailed that. All right, what I've noticed is that we need to work on ST words, things that start with ST or CH and you know, that's one strategy. But what I immediately went to is, I remember having a conversation with a preschool teacher. And I, you know, preschool teachers, they're amazing. Uh, I don't know how they can control, you know, 15 little people in a room uh, as well as they do. But uh, I know that they were assessing my son on shapes and colors. And, you know, he got a five out of five on picking out all the squares and he got a five of five picking out all the shapes that were blue but he got like a two out of five on picking out the blue squares and i'm looking at that and i was like okay so we're giving we know something here because on every single test that he's done he's done two things that are separate 100% 100% and 40% on the thing that combines the two laws or rules or whatever the directions were of the game. So my thing is, is you ask a kid to a blue square or show a blue square, all right, he's obviously having trouble with two different directions. And you know that's my kid. I love him for it, because now he's going to think outside of the box and try to figure out, I don't know what this means, but I'm going to try. And that is a positive thing for him to try. But here's the other thing. ask him to pick out a square and then ask him once he picked that out, can you make that square blue? I mean, it's a different way of looking at it, but still testing for the same thing. And then we could focus on the skill of trying to do two-part directions. So we're breaking it down. We're trying to show him how to, we're modeling how to do one direction then come back, and then make it blue. So it's two one-part directions rather than a two-part direction. And and really, I mean, your your book was kind of a parenting book for me. It's probably the first parenting book I read. I mean, that just shows you that I like to figure out as I go. And uh, I want to thank my wife um, because you know when it comes to research and stuff like that on kid behavior and stuff. Um, she really, she really helps me along in the parenting aspect of her kids. But um, that's how I learn. I, I learn from modeling. I learn from things like that. So, you know, we work as a good team when it comes to those types of things. Uh, but, you know, the book is great. It, it allows you, books need to be used as reflection pieces. These types of books are not the ones that I've, uh, you know, listed out are not books that are meant to be just read the whole way through. You're not getting as much value out of them. Chunk them down and reflect on each little piece and you'll get so much more out of the book because a good book, you, you need to be able to relate themes in that book or instances in that book to your everyday life. And sometimes you miss those themes or those relationships if you don't take a little bit of time to reflect on them. And that's why I choose to do a chapter a day. Um, It just works for me.
0: And when we were in person, how much time did you spend on your choice board of morning activities?
2: How much time? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, all these are different. And sometimes I choose what I do based on how much time I have. Like this morning, I knew uh, that I had to come in and get ready. I teach first session and I needed to get something ready so I totally punted on my four activities and I created something to share which is my my fifth one it's like I always give my students here are three things you could do to satisfy this requirement but here's a fourth one you could choose something else to pick yours because just like it doesn't fit my schedule maybe it doesn't fit their schedule so other ideas that I do is I, I write a blog Sometimes it's just like, these are my top five tools to do this. And it's not really a blog, but it's something I share. So I create something to share out to other people. And Steph, to be perfectly honest, that's how you and I kind of got connected is because you kept sharing stuff. And I kept seeing you on my, like within my PLN of people on Twitter, like I saw your stuff because they were reposting it. And I was like, all right well i've seen I've seen this Stephanie howe, miss stephanie howe twenty three like eighty thousand times. Let's see what Miss Stephanie Howe's all about. And it's because you decided to create something and share something out. Well, not something, some things. I mean, you shared a lot of things. And uh, you know that's that's really how I got connected with you is because you took a chance by making something and pushing it out to the masses for them to say, hey, this is the greatest thing in the world, or why is she sharing this, you know? But, and I've I've told you this, and this is part of the killing you with kindness thing, is that, you know, you think outside of the box, and when you think outside of the box, I mean, if we have a one foot by one foot by one foot box, you're like 18 feet that way, 37 feet that way, 45 feet that way, and that's what makes you unique, is because you're taking that box that piece of content and you're finding ways to shape it in 45 different directions that's going to relate with a kid that might need that 45 feet away from the box to relate to it i don't know if that made any sense whatsoever but what i'm (laughs) saying is you're stretching the content so it's relatable to kids or it's that particular way that you're sharing is being stretched so far that you know you have teachers that are comfortable teaching this way can use it but also Way over here can use it. It's like multi purpose content. And I think that's what makes you stand out compared to, you know, some of the things that you see on certain sites that you have to pay for. Stephanie Howe, free content, go check it out. Or you should go to this site and grab something for a couple bucks. Your call. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And um, during the conference, though, you said you only spend 15 minutes.
2: That's typically,
0: <laughs>
2: so what I do is I listen to a 15 minute episode
0: mm-hmm.
2: and if I have time when I get, um, into school before everyone's there, cause I'm an early riser and I get there early, uh, then I'll do some type of reflection, which is usually like five minutes. I usually speak into my recorder that, you know, dictates the notes, um, onto my, you know, Google doc or whatever I'm using, but sometimes I break it up it all depends. I have to be flexible because if I, if I stick to, I'm going to do this 30 minutes a day and I break it one time for me, that that's a broken system. So I won't return to it because I know it's not doable for me. And with Nick and I's podcast, we've published one every other week since we started. Nick had a baby. Well, Nick's wife and him had a baby um and I was sick the week before had no voice but I had a little bit of a voice so I did an episode on my own which I absolutely hate it was the worst experience in the world was to do one by myself and uh I did it because I know if I didn't do it we would break that two-week mold and then I wouldn't go back to it then I'll be like oh we missed one uh January of 2022 or actually it was January of 2021 we missed one, so I can miss another one. I don't know. It's it. You can bend the rules, but don't break the rules. I
1: guess. So you I mean. have a routine, a flexible routine.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wake up, I get ready for school, I wake up early, I go in. On my way there, I'll listen to a presentation or tutorial or TED Talk or podcast. But if I know I'm going to get in there really early and I don't really have anything pressing. I might say, you know what? I'm going to rock out to some music. I'm going to sing some songs in the car. Could be dependent on how well I slept. Uh, and once I get in there, I'll read a book. Like this morning, I read chapter, you know, I think it was chapter eight. Yesterday was chapter seven. So I don't always read a chapter a week either. I'll just throw that out there. Sometimes I read a chapter and it takes me three weeks to come back to it. Just depends on the week. Give yourself some option give yourself control of the process but be flexible in it so it's maintainable don't get mad at yourself if you listen to a five-minute podcast and that's all you do that that morning can you reflect on it do you always have to write it down you don't but if you want to bring it up in a conversation like this then write it down dictate it you know save it in the vault do whatever you do to curate whatever you need to curate but at the end of the day you know, first thing you did something that, that improved yourself. So that day is getting started off on the right foot and you're setting your day up for success. If you can do some self-improvement in the morning, that might just be some meditation. It might be some yoga. It might be whatever you want it to be, but start your day off, right? That's, that's the biggest thing. When I start my day off, right? Usually the rest of the day falls into place. When I get a rough start and I don't make the bed, I never make the bed. I I, I don't know, but anyway, then you're not the so truth like,
1: for all of us.
2: The rest of the day could be like uh, it could, it could be an uphill battle because you feel like you shortchanged yourself in the morning. So yeah, uh, that's kind of where I'm at.
1: And if we we model that for our kids, right? Because some of our kids struggle with that very morning routine. So us doing practice what practice what you teach, right? Not practice what you preach, practice what you teach. So if we're teaching that, that morning routine to our kiddos and us having that morning routine, we're able to connect and be able to share with our kids in that way.
2: Yeah, and practice makes permanent, not perfect. You're always chasing perfection, but practice makes permanent. It helps you get that skill of, routine, I guess. So I practice the same routine and I don't do it on weekends. I do it a little bit different, you know, personal self-improvement on weekends, like sleep. <laughs> I mean, at least I tried to, I mean, it's up to the kids whether or not they let me uh, do that, but I sleep in till six 45, 7 AM yeah. on the, on the weekends, if they, they let me. And, uh, you know, you just go on, on your business, you keep, you keep pushing through, but yeah, I mean, routine, set set a routine, be flexible and be happy. Life's too short. I'm already 40 years in, at least that's what the cards keep telling me. (laughs) I'm over the hill.
0: And that's what I love is your routine is only, you know, set it for 10, 15 minutes every day. That's it. And if you have more time, great. If not, you got 10 minutes in and I love your reflection piece because there are times where I'll come into work and there's someone sitting you know, in my shared office space. And I'm like, I was listening to a podcast this morning and they said that, you know, and it just starts a really um, good conversation that we're able to kind of have rather than just like, how was your day? Or like, what are your thoughts on this? Like this person shared this idea, but I was just wondering what your thoughts were on this topic. Um, and there's so many times where I do that because you do think about stuff and then you're like reflecting on your own life or your own teaching style or um, different topics that you might believe or disbelieve with. And it allows, allows that conversation to open up as well.
2: Yeah, when you think about it, life, life narrative is really what drives us all. Uh, so what happens in people's lives, that's what people think is interesting. If not why would we make movies why would we write books because in all that there's narrative there's narrative in everything so if you can make connections to other people's narratives you can really better yourself because a you're making a strong connection between you and that person but b you can see how their life narrative the lessons that you can learn from that to connect to your own and improve yourself so everyone has something to share. It's just whether or not they're willing to share it. So if anything out of this episode, I I just hope that people take a chance every once in a while and share who they are, their narrative, something that they like doing their practice, uh, anything like that, because really, that's how we're all going to uh, just learn from one another and, and just be a better form of yourself.
1: It, you know, haven't haven't got this figured out from all the the uh, fe- the COVID relation. How I still am able to mute myself and not realize it. But our call to action this week is to follow Eric at Got Tech Ed and give his podcast a listen. He's got some amazing insight, positive things to share, and dive into one of his morning routine references is, and links that we'll be sharing on our show notes this week. And um, let us know what you think. Share something on Twitter. Tell us what you think of Ken Robinson or CJ Reynolds or his inspirational um, morning routine that he has helped us through. And in, we thank you for being here. And until next time, control the chaos. Thanks for listening to Control the Chaos EDU. Check out the description for show notes. We look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos. Until next time.